Hey guys, this is Dr. Evan Vandriel coming at you from the beautiful desert in Arizona. My entire practice is dedicated to helping people become stronger by accessing more of their nervous system. By approaching the person's nervous system like a computer and the functions of their bodies like the user interface, we can figure out in real time what's going on at the body, mind, and soul levels. Today, my guest is Dr. Tina Moore. She's a naturopathic doctor and chiropractor. So thanks for being on the, uh, on the podcast today, Tina. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So we're going to, what are we talking about today? Resilience? Is that what you, that's my favorite subject. <laughs> yeah, this is what my whole practice is, is built around um, just helping people be stronger. I like this idea better than taking things away and help like getting people to live in a bubble. I'm more about helping people to be stronger so they can handle their environment, um, whatever they want to do in that, in that environment. So yeah, so my first question is, um, what do you do? Like, what are your habits? Um, what are the things that... Um, that um, keep you strong, stable, moving forward? I was thinking about this because you sent me these awesome questions ahead of time. And I, <clears throat> well, first off, I think doing hard things. So like you mentioned, I'm a chiropractor and a naturopathic doctor, and I did both programs concurrently because it seemed like a really hard, impossible thing to do, and no one had ever done it that way. So I thought, well, I'll, you know, not in the modern age anyway. So I thought, well, I'll do it, and I'll see if I can handle this. That was a terrible idea. I'm really glad that I have both degrees, but it about killed me. Um, I really like to do hard things. I like, I like to step into fear. I like when something freaks me out and then I have to do it anyway. So I've made a practice out of that. I think throughout my life, I moved a lot when I was a kid. I think that's where it started because my parents moved me all the time. Or if they didn't just move me to a whole new town, they'd move me across the city and I had to go to a whole new school. That was pretty chronic in my life. And so I think just being able to adapt into a crowd of people and make new friends and just deal with it. I wouldn't say it was ideal, but it's made me pretty tenacious and gritty. So I think that that helps. So very little, I don't know, after going through both those programs, I remember feeling pretty secure in the fact that nothing scared me anymore. I mean, that was hell trying to get through those concurrently. I think the only thing that I'm really afraid of at this point is like losing a do my daughter, my mom, something like that. But otherwise. I don't know. I think life, if you lean into it, will definitely compensate you with fearlessness. <laughs> yeah, that's well said. Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of suffering that we can't get away from, right? Like we're all gonna like run up against disease, um, death, I guess, eventually, until some scientist figures that out, right? But um, but yeah, I think I think resilience means to me um, being able to like reduce some of the unnecessary suffering, like like staying healthy as long as you can. Um, both both mentally and physically. So um, so yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, and for sure, for sure, prioritizing my health. That was something I didn't do until my later years, and I regret it greatly. I wish I knew now. I wish I knew then what I know now. Um, but yeah, like optimizing sleep, optimizing my nutrition, optimizing my exercise, making sure that I surround myself only with healthy, stable people avoiding drama. That's a huge one. This year really was like getting all the, getting all the noisy monkeys out of my life. And I don't mean people as monkeys. I mean, people who can't manage their monkeys. You know, it's like when other people have their monkey, and we all have our monkeys, but like learn to manage your freaking monkeys and don't bring them up into other people's space unleashed. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when, when people do that too often around me, I'm just, I have to cut them loose. And I, I hate to be so exacting about that but as i get older i just have less tolerance for it to be honest that's interesting um 
I think you're you're actually doing people a favor. I think when you do that kind of thing and not and not enable them, and maybe that's an overused word, but but yeah, people reject or sorry project their own wow. What do you want to call it? Bullshit, um, past trauma issues onto other people all the time. So I feel like that's um, yeah. Or even people who are I keep I kept running into passive aggressiveness. I think that's really fervent in our profession in particular. It's mm. just this like sort of passive aggressiveness where if there's a beef, like I'm just aggressive, aggressive. If there's a beef, like, let's go, let's have it out. Let's sit down, let's have a whiskey and let's go. Like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the hard stuff. And maybe they don't end up liking my answer or I don't like their answer, but that's fine. That's another one. Learning to hear the words no and being okay with it and like not freaking out. Cause sometimes the answer is going to be no. Or sometimes we hear things that we incorrectly, that we assumed was something else and then somebody clar clarifies for us and it's not what we thought it was but that's because we were listening with selective ears you know so that's part of it too is like being able to reciprocate and hear the no and and, and move forward and not have your monkeys unleash and cause issues so <laughs> i don't know i yes. i see i kept i kept running into a bunch of nonsense in 2019 and i just finally was like snip 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 i can't i can't i don't have the bandwidth for it you know like i think that's the beauty of getting older you just have less bandwidth for nonsense i like that word bandwidth. <laughs> and well this is a naturopathic principle too right like um removing the um the cause of the issue right or like, yeah. <laughs> like getting yourself out of the moldy house or whatever it is like yeah getting away from these people that are that are draining or triggering or not triggering but um they are triggering now yeah. that might that might be it it might not even be anything they're doing wrong it might be my own triggers like i ran into that just recently with somebody i was like you know what i'm fully admit right now that i am triggered as Fuck. Sorry if I said the wrong word. You can edit no, that out. But moved into the explicit region, I think. <laughs> I um, I was so triggered by something that had happened, but it was totally my stuff. Like, and I owned it. I was like, "This is totally my monkeys," but I can't get past this. Like, this keeps, this is like gnawing at me at a place that's so uncomfortable that I don't want to be in this relationship with you anymore. And they were like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "I don't know if you're lying or if you're telling the truth, but I've been so triggered by the situation that I'm out." Like I, I got to go there. I don't have enough time or energy invested into this particular relationship to keep it open. So I'm going to just like, I'll be over here. And they were fine with it, but it totally was my own monkeys. And then I sat with that, you know, and I was like, all right, so how do I avoid that from happening in the future? I guess that's part of being a grown up is like sitting with the uncomfortable feelings, realizing maybe it's your own stuff and then realizing, all right, so like this relationship was severed, but how do I move forward in my life without having this show up again and sever more relationships, you know? And that was, I felt like a big girl. I like, I, I did. I felt like a big girl <laughs> for realizing that, you know, instead of like just reacting, I sat with it. I acknowledged, I sat with the emotions for a few days. That's when I had the tough conversation. And then after that, I was like, all right, how do I process this and, and, you know, use this to my advantage in the future. So I don't know. I think sometimes just sitting with the uncomfortable triggering and realize like, okay, I'm being triggered right now. Why is that? What is, what is it about this particular situation that's triggering me? I think that's a huge. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Um, you, you've heard of Jung, right? Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. um, Cause what you're talking about sounds a lot like shadow work, like confronting those parts of ourselves that we really don't want to see. Um, and I think, um, uh, I think a really useful feeling or emotion is resentment because um, the things that we resent about other people or the things that, that trigger us that other people do are usually something that 
our, our behaviors, beliefs um, that we have ourselves or that we potentially can have ourselves, but we, um, but we really so badly don't want to see it that we stuff it so deeply that it just, it, it's like it manifests and we, we can project that onto other people and, um, and or like just snap and become that. So yeah, like looking in, looking at that monster in the basement, um, looking through its eyes, like you were saying, I think, well, that's the way that I look at it. Um, that's awesome. That's an awesome way to say it. Um, is, uh, I think that's valuable. Yeah. This guy, I was, I was thinking we were going to talk about like sleep, nutrition. <laughs> right to the, to the Those are key. Those no, are key. Uh, <laughs> that's how you manage your monkeys. That's how I right. keep my monkeys intact. I sleep enough. I eat well, I exercise, and then I don't feel like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. I just, I know. So I, I always think of it this way. Like I have like seven monkeys and about three or four of them are badly behaved. Like they're the ones that come out and start throwing poo and rocks and like, yeah. right. And I have been known to have a temper and I, that's because those monkeys just unleash first and I have figured out a way to, I guess, chain them up, you know, like I've got them on a short leash now. I didn't used to, they used to be on a long leash or no leash at all in my twenties, you know? And then in my thirties, I was like, I should probably put a leash on these, you know? And then I've got like a few other monkeys that are like nice and neutral and want to, you know, they want to like fix everything and they want everything to be okay. And I just look at it that way. And I don't mean that in any kind of weird schizophrenic way. I just think we all have our monkeys. And sometimes people are, whatever they're, whatever ha- is happening is happening. And I'm looking at them and I'm just like, these are all your monkeys. Like I can see them and you need to learn to manage them. And I think that partially just comes with age. I, I've known, I do know, like people like you, I know people younger than me who are just super leveled up and I was not that way in my 30s. I was reactive. I was super reactive in my 30s because I was so stressed out doing both those programs and being a single mom. And I was so stressed that I didn't have any bandwidth to just sit and pause. Like, I think you can't figure anything out until you have stillness. And I never had any, for like decades, I had no stillness and I didn't create any stillness. That was my fault. My bad, totally. Yeah, like, yeah. Didn't, didn't know the value of meditation. Didn't, couldn't even sit still long enough to do it. And now that I can, I just, I try to sit back and I try to look at the situation from as the observer. So I'm in the picture, like I'm actually in the situation looking in from the outside as an objective observer. And that's been really helpful because I can be like, oh, this is, this is what's going down. But sometimes you don't have to take the high road all the time. Sometimes you can just cut the cord and be like, you know what? I am severing this energy between us because this doesn't feel good for me and it's not serving me or it's too costly. Sometimes it's just like, sometimes people just take up too much energy. Like they need so much reassurance or so much handholding. And you're just like, I don't, I don't got it, buddy. Like (laughs) I, I don't have that bandwidth for you. So I'm whatever, you know, and that's okay too. I don't, we don't all have to get along forever. No, that's, we're not designed to, I don't think, um, what, so you keep mentioning this idea of bandwidth. I actually wrote an Instagram post, um, talking about bandwidth and how much bandwidth are you working with? Um, I think of a bandwidth as like how much you can handle, um, like sensory input wise. Like I know, like I have some patients who they get a migraine when they see, when they have bright light come into their eyes, right? They, mm-hmm. They're in a situation or a situation that's loud. Right. So that to me means that they, um, they just don't have the processing power to deal with with that kind of intense um, input. So what do you do to, to raise your bandwidth? Like, what do you, like you mentioned the meditation, creating space. Um, what else um, have you found to be useful for being able to handle more? 
I think strength training is key because, I mean, I train like a warrior. I, I do not, it's not, uh, I'm not saying it's like crazy boot camp, but it's like heavy weights flying over my head and it's hard. And sometimes it's, well, it's always more challenging if I'm not well rested and well fed and well hydrated. So I have no choice but to take good care of my vessel so that I can do the things I want. Um, otherwise, there's moments during some of my training sessions where I panic, like the alarms go off. And you know, when you're flinging kettlebells over your head for repetitions, it's you start to get a little bit, well, a lot. I mean, a lot of that stamina. And so you start to lose your breathing patterns, you start to sort of decompensate. And that's when you get into trouble and you have to push through that and you have to mentally get past that moment of like complete panic where you just want to run away. An example is, I don't know if you've ever done like a, where you do a chin up or a pull up and you just hold, it's like a, you know, an isometric hold and you just stay there for as long as you can. For some reason that movement sends me into panic. Like I literally within 20 seconds just feel the panic alarms going off in my head like a tiger's chasing me. And then I have to breathe through that and I have to process through that and I have to realize like most of my strength training is just a head game. It's not necessarily so much a strength issue as it is like a central nervous system head game and I have to mentally override that desire to start hyperventilating and to panic and run away <laughs> and you know so I think that that's super helpful and I think more people should train with heavy things because it poses a particular challenge that translates into the rest of their life. Because after I get through that training session and I haven't died, everything else in my day is super easy. Everything. Like, no matter what amount of nonsense comes at me, I'm just like, whatever. Like, I just did 100 snatches in five minutes <laughs> and I'm fine. Like, I didn't die. So I think that that, it's crazy, especially for women. It's crazy how much strength training translates into grit and perseverance in all aspects of their life. I think, I do not think you can be a successful entrepreneur if you don't strength train. I firmly believe that. I think that my trajectory of success has coincided specifically with my level of strength physically because it turns into mental strength and tenacity and grit and all of those good things that you need to be an entrepreneur. And then, um, interestingly, I have an aura ring. Do you know what the aura ring is? Yeah, it's like a uh, biofeedback device. It's like a biometric, yeah. It like mm-hmm. measures your heart rate variability and your pulse and, uh, and your sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found with my, my aura ring, I swear to God, that thing saved my life. I hated it when I got it because my heart rate variability was super low, which means you're going to die. Basically, it was super bad. And I got a carotid artery scan that said my arteries were like that of a 59 year old because I have a little bit of a, not a plaque, but I have a little bit of a buildup on my, um, on the inside of my carotid artery on the left side, just a tiny bit. The that goes off a chart, right? They look at like the amount and the measurement and they're like, Oh, 59, which, so I don't think it's that accurate, but that's from just years of stress. Truly. That was from like decades of chronic stress. And so this aura ring coupled with that really got me motivated to get my shit together. And I have found interestingly, when I spend, I'm such a hermit, I'm such an isolated hermit sometimes, but I found when I spend time with others, especially if I'm teaching, like if I'm teaching what I love or I'm doing prolotherapy workshops, because that's what I specialize in in practice. If, I, if I'm doing those things with groups of people and I'm speaking my truth and I'm in my passion place, like doing what I love, my heart rate variability goes way up into the 60s. It's crazy. Every single time I hold a workshop or speak from the stage, my heart rate variability skyrockets. So that tells me that 
I need to be around others more often and I need to be doing what I love more often. So that was really interesting to me because left to my own devices, I'll just like hole up all winter and stay inside and it's Oregon, right? Where I live and it's rainy. So I'll just, (laughs) I'll just become a little like isolated antisocial person. Um, so yeah, this ring has been very telling. It also tells me that when I drink alcohol, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. So that's, that's been super helpful too. So it does help build resilience. I think, I think you should check out the aura ring. I I have no affiliation with them, but I think it's like, there's other gizmos like the whoop is one. W H O O P is one. Um, HeartMath has another, you might know of more of them, but I love the HeartMath Institute. Yeah. They, they've done some great research and, and, um, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's been very interesting. That showed me that no matter how much mental resilience I thought I had physically, my heart was struggling. And that was a big wake up call for me. I was like, Whoa, this is so bad. And the other thing was to get my heart rate variability up. I had to remove inflammation. It's inflammation. So I pulled gluten out like a, like a demon. Like I just treat gluten, like it's cyanide. I pulled dairy out. Um, I don't eat a lot of sugar, hardly ever. I'm not a big sugar person. So that wasn't really an issue. Uh, I just got the inflammatory stuff out and that helped quite a bit as well to bring my heart rate variability up. So, you know, there's like biohacking devices that we can use that are helpful, but also just how you feel. Like, are you sleeping well? Do you have a good libido? Do you feel pleasant? How's my anger? If I'm angry all the time, I'm clearly pushing things too hard. So I don't know. Those are all just gauges for me. That's awesome. (laughs) That's cool. Um, yeah, I like measuring things too. Um, things that get measured, get done. Right. Um, so awesome. Thanks for sure. sharing. I'm going to check out that order ring for sure. Um, take a serious look at it. Uh, yeah, it's a good deal. Um, the other thing is uh, my training capacity. Like I said, if I can't get through, that's another metric. If I can't get through the workout, clearly something's off. Like I'm clearly not respecting my stress levels or my sleep or my nutrition, or I'm not eating enough protein. If my joints start to ache. If I get, I'm 45, almost 46. So like, my joints tell me, (laughs) they always tell me, but they really tell me now. And I think that, you know, I shouldn't feel crotchety and creaky and slow witted and tired waking up in the morning. I should like bounce out of bed and not have any pain. I don't care how old you are. So that's another biometric for me that I, if you listen to your body, I think it will tell you. Yeah, totally. I, um, my uncle told a story or my dad told me a story about his brother, my uncle, who, um, when the check engine light on his car would come on, he would put a, like a, a banana sticker <laughs> yeah cover it up and it's like like it sounds ridiculous right but this is what we do um all the time right we we don't listen to our bodies and and just move through it or whatever so um cool have, have you found patients that just have no concept of what's happening in their body because i do yeah. you know i've done very much exclusively regenerative medicine for the past decade and I'm shocked with how few people are actually in their bodies, first of all, and they're not connected intimately with their, they're just not, they're just so completely disconnected from like I'll, when I treat people, I'm trying to reproduce a familiar pain pattern or referral pattern with mm-hmm. my needle. Cause that's how I know I've hit the pain generator yeah, and they'll just be like, I have no idea. I, I, I don't know where my pain is. I have no idea. And I'm just not, and they'll just flat out say like, I'm just not connected to my body. And I'm like, how does that work? Have you found that? And like, what is going on there? Yeah. Well, I think, I think, um, one thing is trauma can do that. Like people sometimes when they, when they run up against something that's just so outside of their, their concept of what's, 
what's real or like what's possible in the world, um, then they can, they just leave. They can just totally leave their bodies. Um, I actually dated a, um, somebody who, who would do this quite often. Like it was usually under the influence of alcohol, but she would just totally leave. Like you could see a shift in her eyes. It was weird. Um, and so, so I think, I think trauma can do that, but also just, I think if you're, if enough of your circuits are blown, like say you're in a couple car accidents and, um, and, uh, I don't know, like, yeah. And you're under the influence of gluten and dairy and like all these inflammatory, whatever, whatever it is, like, um, it's just easier for like, there's a certain recalibration that takes place, I guess, like over time. So the people like get more and more comfortable with this level of dysfunction, um, decompensation, decompensation, sorry. I like that you used that word earlier. And then, yeah, all of a sudden they're in a place where they're, um, they're like, they, yeah, like you said, they're just not tuned in. And, um, so this is why I like using lasers and, and, um, and things like ketamine and, and like some of these more heroic, um, therapies is that it can snap people out of their, like their old story. Like, Oh, it's just normal to be, you know, getting older and, um, you know, just falling apart. Like that's just like part of how life works and then helps them to, it helps them to tell a new story. So, um, I guess yeah, that's, no, that's good. Point. It's kind of like a scar. Like you, um, you know, with scars, they get, they get, they get numb, but they hurt more. You know, like when someone has a scar on their body often, and everyone in the, all the listeners probably know this, like you have a scar and you rub it and it feels numb, but it often has a more, a more increased sensation of pain. A good example is a tattoo. When you get your tattoos recolored, they hurt more because it's a scar. So it hurts more to actually have the, you know, the touch up done. But I think, I think you're right. I think sometimes their nervous system is like, it's like, it's not a literal scar, but it's like, it's numb, but it hurts more, <laughs> you know, cause they're, well, That's, yeah, the body's trying to tell you something, right? That like this is an injured area, but um, yeah, a lot of times people don't have the tools to to turn those circuits back on and and get things um, reduce that interference, right? That's true. That's yeah. true. It's just like a squirrely nervous system. That's what I think of. I think of the nervous system's just all squirreled out, mm. or it's so you know. For me, I, first off, I would say I, I gotta say like after doing regenerative medicine for a long time. Um, I mean, old school, like I was working with my mentor in the nineties doing this stuff. So I've seen, I've been around it forever, longer than half my life. And I, I would say that most chronic pain is due to adverse childhood events. And then, and then it manifests in the nervous system so hard into the amygdala and the limbic system so hard that, that it's just, it's so interesting how it comes. And I've experienced this personally. It's so interesting how it comes back to you in the form often of chronic pain and what that, what that will play out like in your twenties and thirties and forties, which is, I mean, if I have, if I had written my whole story down in detail, you'd be like, this is crazy town. Like this sounds like a movie, you know? And I just think that people get really, um, it gets really entrenched in there. I just had a person I know have their amygdala removed for they were having seizures that were originating from the amygdala. So they took the amygdala out and all I could think of was like, God, that would be nice. (laughs) 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 I want my amygdala taken out. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But it gets wired into those places in such a heavy level. I heard something yesterday about people who are losing their hearing will actually lose about 30% of their overall brain function because 
auditory input is so critical for the rest of the other systems to work, like speech and rational thinking and, you know, just cognitive abilities. And I thought that was really phenomenal. Like you take away some part of someone's senses and like that impacts so greatly the rest of the brain. Imagine these people who are numbed out because their nervous system's all fritzed out from whatever. Um, how is that impacting other parts of their brain? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I do see a lot of a lot of patients actually who have um, cranial nerve eight dysfunction, whether it's like a BPPV type thing, like um, like an otolith in the in the ear canal type situation, or just hearing loss, or sometimes there's trauma associated with with specific tones too. Um, so I have like a tone generator app on my phone, and then I'll uh, I'll run through I don't know 250 to 20,000 Hertz and, and sometimes specific tones bring up specific emotions too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we can clear those using acupuncture, right? Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's really interesting how sound can be tied in with, um, with things that you wouldn't think it would be right. That's so cool. Well, that makes sense because when you hear songs, especially songs, they, they've shown in studies, like especially songs from your teenage years, those get so highly ingrained in your brain and they can evoke such emotion out of you, good and bad. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Like from particular parts of your life more so than others. So that makes complete sense. What is this tone generator? Tell me about this. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just called tone gen. Um, it's a free app on, on the phone. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty fun tool. And then you can get an idea of how, how, how well people's hearing is too, or how good their hearing is. Cause some people they cut out at 10,000 Hertz and then, um, and so, you know, there's some kind of hearing loss there, even though they might not be aware of it, but wow. yeah, the people as they age, they, they start to lose some of those higher tones. Like kids usually, uh, I think it's like, uh, I've seen around 18,000 Hertz. Like they can hear that. I can't hear that high at this point, but um, wow. I enough concerts and things, but, but yeah, it's a great way to challenge cranial nerve number eight. And then, um, uh, yeah. That is crazy. So um, what do you think people are losing their hearing from? I think they're losing it from poor nutrition. I don't think it's all just hearing damage. I, think, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think they have the nutrients to support those systems. Yeah, I agree. Like um, uh, fish oil seems to, seems to be important when it comes to, to neurological health, right? Um, I think also, what was I going to say now? Um, I think people can lose their hearing too when they um, when they have things like chronic tension in their neck. Um, so say you've had a whiplash injury, and then um, uh, I guess I, yeah, I've seen cranial nerve number eleven. Um, so like SCM and upper trap, like the like that usually blows out when somebody's had a car accident. And then if if it just takes that much more work to activate those nerves, um, to activate the muscles, then um, there's just just that much less bandwidth for people to run cranial nerve number eight. It's kind of a simplistic way of looking at it, but if um, like a, a nerve loses its integrity, um, it just takes more energy to, to activate that nerve. Yeah. So I think uh, like anything really can, can cause people to lose certain neurological functions. It's, it's weird how the nervous system works that way, but does that. Ner the nervous system trips me out. It's such a, it's, it's such an interesting, I, I used to believe so, I know, and I, I do believe this, that the brain controls everything, right? But I, and then, and this, and the peripheral nervous system, but so much of 
what's happening outside in is impacting it. So uh, again, proper nutrition, proper movement. I think people's central nervous systems, if you look at videos of people, of patients who have severe neurologic dysfunction of whatever sort, and then you watch them go through a program of strength training, and then you see the after video, it's phenomenal. Like it can, it's amazing. It's amazing how you can actually, that's one of, I think one of the best ways to tap into the central nervous system is through exercise and specific. What? Yeah, that's a big deal. I think what do they say? Like 80% of the nervous system is um, afferent, like from proprioception and insert like different sensory input. And only 20% 20 is actually used to control different functions that people use, right? Like muscle contract, like muscles or whatever. So yeah, like, yeah, if you can, um, that's a good way to light up the nervous system for sure. Yeah. Movement. It is. And it's hormesis, right? It's like this hormetic, the small pulses of specific strategic stress upon the system. And then you rest it and feed it. It's like super simple concept, but nobody does it. Everybody goes from their car, from their bed to their couch, to their car, to their desk, back to their car, back to their couch, back to their bed. (laughs) And that's it, right? That's America. So we and then we wonder why we have like rampant racism and crazy politics and all this stuff is happening i don't even think people's lights are on it freaks me out to know these people are on the road with me too like often they're so morbidly obese they can't even turn their head and i'm not dissing anyone it's just like if your nervous system is that dulled down and you're living off of mountain dew and you have so much adipose tissue that you literally can't you don't have range of motion to move your head around and you're on the road driving a you know multi-ton truck or whatever like these are real issues that we need to talk about because there is hang out with people who strength and condition a lot they are sharp as a tack they are some of the smartest people i know because their brains are seeing so and i'm not talking meathead gym guys i'm talking people who are doing like kettlebell strategic stuff right and intensity interval training that kind of stuff yeah, they're so smart. Like these people are smart and they they have good brains. They have good critical thinking skills. I was, I'm in a mastermind group with a bunch of fitness professionals. They're all women. They're all fitness professionals. I'm like the token doctor. And some of the smartest women I know are in that group. It's crazy how sharp they are. It's crazy how much action they take. They don't have any hangups. They don't have any insecurities about doing the thing that's hard. They just go do it because they're all super fit. (laughs) And I was telling my coach, I was like, you have no idea how lucky you are to be coaching this big group of women who are all super fit. Like if they were all deconditioned, you'd have a much different group on your hands, much, much different. And so that's how much exercise can impact our brains and our personalities and our success. It's like, it literally lights you up. It lights up your nervous system. And sometimes like for people like me, who I've endured a lot of abuse, my nervous system was dulled down specifically. And it was getting worse and worse and worse as I got into my forties because I was purposely doing that. And so to have something that can like stoke the fire, I think is super critical. So that's why I harp on exercise so much. It creates a resiliency, but it also creates like an awesome central nervous system spark that we need if we're going to age well. I got goosebumps as you were saying that. That's (laughs) um, that's beautiful, really. Um, That's my rant. I think it clears up so much stuff too. If you got if you had all the patients you're seeing, if you put them through a 12-week strength and conditioning program, you would have a different patient at the end of 12 weeks. Maybe different people, yeah, for sure. You just have a different set of things to clean up. It would be, to- their metabolic markers would change, but more so than labs, you would just have a different nervous system. You'd have a different personality. You'd have a different set of, co- of, of uh, confidence. You just have 
they would believe that they were going to heal. I think that's a huge one. Just, mm. I, th I think that it, like to answer your question from the very beginning, like I always believe that I'll persevere. Always. I always know I'm going to be okay. Unless I drop dead. But otherwise, <laughs> I always know I'm going to be okay. And I think that's different than a lot of people I run into. And I, I thought everybody was wired like me. But now that I'm coaching other physicians in business and marketing, I'm realizing that that, that one idea that like, this is going to work. I'm going to be okay. This is no matter how this goes, it's going to be fine. Um, I don't see failure as failure. Failure is just like another, it's just a sign to reroute. It's like, Oh, that didn't work. Great. What's the other route? What's the other route? Like I'm like a terrier. I just come at it until I figure it out. And I think that we need more of that in our profession. We need more of it in the world. We need people, people need to believe in themselves more often. And I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I don't get hung up on it. Like if it doesn't work, I'm like, oh, well, if no one shows up to my webinar, oh, well, it's just practice then, right? <laughs> so no, I don't know. This is interesting. I, I talk to people um, sometimes and they say, like I give them a list of stuff to do and, um, and they're like, whoa, wait, I can't eat, eat whatever. I can't eat gluten. Like that's going to be hard. And like it kind of trips me up sometimes. Because like, why is that hard? Like not doing something? Well, like, how can that be? Yeah, life is hard. Right. Yeah, so like, <laughs> Get over it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know what to say. You know, like at a certain point, it's like, what are you addicted to this thing or what? Like, I guess there's a certain amount of like um, biochemical addiction that happens, right, with with gluten. But yeah, it's can't like, they, can't they just ID the addiction though and move past it? I mean, there's the other thing, right? Like, I quit smoking. I've quit lots of things. Hmm because I identified like I have a problem if I can't if I say I can't quit this I have a problem with it I should probably quit it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know like clearly there's an issue here so I need to move past that I that's that's the hard part I think humans don't give themselves enough credit we we yeah. used to be so resilient we're you know we're nomadic people we're not supposed to be living in boxes with temperature control we're supposed to be out there like I've been building up my cold tolerance lately because I'm just a total wuss in the cold See, you're Canadian. You'll appreciate this. I have been trying so hard when I take my dog for walks to like strip down. I wait till I get warm and then I strip down to my tank top and I just like handle the cold for a few minutes. I was talking to Perry Nicholson yesterday. Um, Dr. Perry, he's, he's awesome. If you don't know him, his podcast, his, um, he's got a podcast, but his Instagram also by the same name called stop chasing pain. And he, he's brilliant. He talks about a lot of this stuff, but he was, um, he, I was interviewing him yesterday and there was construction going on in his house. So he went outside in the snow in New York barefoot and stood out there for an hour barefoot in the snow and did the interview with me. <laughs> I was like, that's some resilience right there. Oh yeah. That's, that's something. That's hardcore, right? That's awesome. And, but he is awesome. And that's, he's like, yeah, that's just how I roll. I was like, that's freaking awesome, dude. I <laughs> applaud you. Thank you for keeping it real. <laughs> I, love it. I guess the coldest that I get is I try to end my showers on cold every day. And that's, um, you're Canadian. Aren't you from a cold place? Didn't you grow yeah. up somewhere super cold? Well, but there's recalibration that happens, right? We've been talking about <laughs> like once you, like once you're in the heat, like I love the summers here now in Arizona. Um, I'll go outside and just sweat it out. But, um, like which is another time, form of resilience, right? Like being yeah. able to sweat. Yeah. If I talk to myself the first, first year I got here, I, I would probably tell myself, this is hell. This is, this is <laughs> but yeah. No, I guess you just move through it, right? Yeah. You just, you just have to embrace it. Like I love to get hot. I love, I, that's probably my favorite therapy for patients is just cooking the crap out of them. Like when in doubt, cook them. 
seriously, like that's the best advice I can give people is when in doubt, go cook yourself, you'll feel better. Um, and if you don't have heat tolerance, build it up and learn how to deal with it because, and just like cold tolerance, like we need to have those two things in, in place and intact to be healthy, I believe, and to be, to have resilience and grit, but, and to be physically flexible in our metabolism. But people just are like, oh, I can't stand the heat. I'm like, well then go get used to the heat because you need to. That's clearly a sign that you need more heat in your life. Like go cook yourself like a lizard. I think it's super good for people. What do you think? Do you? Do you no, the more, you, the more you're talking, I, I realize that people, people all tell stories, right? Like they, they have these ideas of what their bodies can and can't handle, what their minds can and can't handle, but they're just stories, really. Like why not just change the story? This is, that's what you're saying, right? Just yeah. do it, flip the script and, um, do something you think you can't handle and you might be surprised. That's, do the hard thing. Yeah. yeah. And the, the cold shower thing, that's so hard for me. And I have embraced it full throttle. I literally chant the words vitality. Like I figured <laughs> if I say vitality, that's what vitality, that's four. And I have to do it for 30 seconds. So I just do like seven rounds of vitality chant out loud. It helps if you have music on <laughs> usually I have like Depeche Mode on when I'm in the shower because I can dance I dance I dance everywhere I can actually I dance in the shower I dance at the grocery store but I'll dance in the shower and then I will uh turn it on cold and I'll just take it and if you can't handle it super cold turn it down a little bit but do as cold yeah. as you can chant vitality like syllables vitality seven times and you'll be close to, to being good and the reason being is because we need to activate heat shock proteins Right. So that's why we cook ourselves. And that's why we and they are activated by cold exposure and like heat shock proteins are cool. miracle. I don't even understand how they work. What are you talking about? I, I mean, I learned about these in biochemistry, but if you that's how you act, you, heat exposure and cold exposure will activate them and then they fix everything. They like they get your immune system on board and they, they do all the things they get you. Um, Rhonda Patrick has a bunch of information about this if you want if you want to research it she talks about sauna but I've had people say let's look at the literature on sauna and then let's just look at getting hot maybe it's not so much the sauna as it is just getting hot and getting the heat shock proteins activated so what will do that exercise mm -hmm. right exercise will get you hot and so if you're in that zone for 30 to 60 minutes and you're sweating and you don't have to be pouring sweat that's ridiculous but if you're sweating you're activating your heat shock proteins, which do all the good things for your health. They fix everything. <laughs> Deadlifts and heat shock proteins fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> you need stem cells, right? All fancy stuff. Just keep it simple. Seriously. <laughs> Again, Seriously. that's the old school naturopathic thing, right? Like when in doubt, do hydrotherapy, right? Alternating hot and cold, like build that person's uh, vital force, right? That's yes. What we're talking about, yeah. Yes, it's the vital force. That's it. You got to tap it. Yeah. You gotta tap into it and you got to tap into it often. And you got to, I think of it as like an engine. You just, cause I've lost it, totally lost it. And I've teetered on the edge of losing it. And I've come back so many times. Like I've come back from being unwell so many times. And it's just like, it's like a um, motorcycle. You just got to rev it, the throttle, you know, I think of your thyroid that way. I think your hormones that way, you just got to stoke them. You got to stoke the fire. It's not all on all the time and off all the time. It's like on and off, on and off, on and off. And that's hormesis. That's how, that's how our bodies thrive. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's how I build resilience. Nice. Good word. Yeah, it's true. Um, do you, 
you pretty much can just go outside in Arizona and sauna, right? <laughs> yeah, in the summertime, yeah, for sure. Um, now it's pretty chilly, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like, uh, I don't know, in the 70s during the day right now. That is not chilly. You're right. <laughs> yeah, what do your Canadian friends that. say about this? Your Canadian no, they, they make fun of me, for sure. Do they shame you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can tell you you're a wuss. <laughs> I love it. But like, there's something about like, I, my sister got married this summer. Uh, well, I guess no, it was more October. Sorry, I don't know why I said summer, but um, but we actually got snow, um, and it was so fun playing around in the snow, throwing snowballs. Um, in the summer, you got snow in the summer. Well, it was like it was October, uh, end of September. Oh my gosh! You know, right? Yeah, Winnipeg's covered in snow. Like the city I was born and raised in, for like seven months of the year, it gets down to about negative fifty. Like you can, like you're in danger of dying if you're outside for like exposed for more than like an hour. That's it's, crazy. It's it's one of the coldest places on earth, as far as I know. I know that sounds weird, but oh, that does not sound like my place. No, <laughs> I don't know how people live there. Because uh, they're resilient and they, they, they have grit. No, they don't complain really. They just get in their cars and drive around and they just do all the things that people do. And just yep. yeah. I was married to a guy from Calgary and they were the same way. They were just tough people. They just handled it. Nothing ever, nothing ever threw them off. When I see snow, I panic immediately. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's fine. No worries. Yeah. So anyway. Cool. What other questions do you have for me? Um, I kind of wanted to, well, where have you seen people fail along their journey? Like you've, you've kind of made a practice out of, um, helping people, right? Um, uh, they, they give up, they give up too soon. Okay. People, people give up too soon. I think really, I think you're always on the edge of greatness. And I think if you give up, if you bail, then you never know. So I, I think people give up too soon, too fast, too easily. My daughter right now is trying to find a job and somebody telling her no just sends her into a spiral of self-doubt. And then she doesn't, then it goes days before she feels the confidence to go back out and try again. And I'm like, you need to learn to embrace no. Like you just, it just needs to slide off you, right? Like it doesn't. And then some of the gals that I coach, they'll try something uh, via internet marketing and it won't go hugely well and then they'll just bail on it and they won't try it again for months on end and I, I think consistency is the key to everything so just keep trying because you never I don't know like and and know that it's the long game everything is the long game success is a long game fitness is a long game regaining your health is a really long game it never ends once you've been chronically ill you'll never be perfect you'll always have some level of maintenance that you must maintain at all times. Like I have a ritual every day that if I don't follow within a few days, I really start to, you know, the wheels start falling off the car. So I think people don't want to do the hard work and they want to give up and they give up too soon because you just, I don't know, you just have to be a fighter. But I was a fighter. You know, I, through all those, I was thinking about this the other night, I was talking to somebody through all those moves that I did, I ended up in a lot of fist fights, like for real. <laughs> so I think that that was actually really helpful for me because I, I, and sometimes I didn't win, you know, sometimes I got the crap beat out of me, but I kind of think everybody should get their teeth kicked in, not literally, but like everybody <laughs> should get, everyone should get their ass kicked once in life as a young person. It would make them a better human being. Truly. I, I've said that my whole life. I truly believe that having your ass kicked 
really well once, Will. Or even emotionally. But then, you know, because why? What happens? You get divorced and you're like, all right, well, I could fall apart or I could just persevere because I know how to persevere because I've had my ass handed to me before. But other people just crumble because they've not, they've not endured a good ass whooping. And sometimes the universe whoops your ass. <laughs> you have to just all the time in business for sure oh all the time that's the thing about business i think business is just an opportunity to experiment and play and reroute if it doesn't work you just change it and don't you know do something different next time it's hmm. not the world isn't going to end you don't have a good year don't repeat it do something different hire a coach find somebody that can help you have a better year in your business or whatever it is and I, i've learned the hard way i've made a lot of expensive mistakes i've spent a lot of time doing stupid stuff that wasn't moving me forward but at the end of the day when you finally figure it out and you quit being afraid and you don't give up fast it'll happen it's the people who think about this the people that you know who are successful they're not necessarily the most talented they're not necessarily the best doctors they just keep it up they just stay consistent they stay out there they give talks they're in the community they go to events they go they network they show up they show up and they show up and that's i think truly how you gain good traction and ultimately success which will ultimately translate into dollars that's my theory <laughs> so far so good nice i like that um what yeah okay that those that rounds you pretty much answered all the questions that I had. <laughs> Did we get through them? <laughs> I think so. They're such good questions. Yeah. Well, what about this one? Do you what do you know to be true that almost no one agrees with you on? Oh, I knew you were gonna ask me that. That was the last one we haven't. Yeah. Um probably what I just said. <laughs> That's what I, I'm you rounded it out pretty well with that last yeah probably what I, I truly believe that i'm not a proponent of violence by any means but i do think that there is something to like uh, let me just say this there are some people in the world right now that if i could just get in a boxing ring with them like we would have our issues handled you know i saw an episode i'll say this and then we can close out i saw an episode of battlestar galactica once the more the newer ones not the old ones from the 80s and they they had once a year, you could call anyone into the boxing ring. No, no gloves, just barefisted. You could call anyone into the boxing ring. Rank was irrelevant. And there were no repercussions after. And I thought that was the best idea ever. Because like, you know, the guy that fixes the planes called the, the captain in and was like, we're going. Like, I've had beef with you. And now we get to fight it out. And I thought, if we just, ha if, if we were, if you look at other, and you probably were like this in Canada, I know a lot of, like my friends who lived in more rural areas, like the boys always beat the crap out of each other just for fun. Like they, they get, and my Canadian friends did it all the time in chiropractic college. They get drunk and they just start beating each other up for fun. Like they just start wrestling. And it, it's a way to settle disputes that I think we have taken out of society and it's causing us a lot of repercussions. And I think if we just let, not the bullying, not the mass shootings at the school i think if kids were just allowed to like have their say and i remember very specifically when i was not allowed to fight anymore i was about 12 or 13 and i had to use my words instead of my fists and i got vicious with my words because if somebody messed with me i had to basically punch them in the face verbally so they'd stop right and you learn that when you've been through a lot of abuse. And I just think that we've lost in society that warrior spirit. And I think there's a lot of women who are, I know that I probably was a warrior in a past life. Like I, we've lost our warrior spirit and it's really hurting us as a society. It's tanking out people's testosterone levels. 
It's creating a lot of toxic masculinity. It's creating a lot of violence that's unnecessary because we're not having like organized violence. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no, and I don't mean no, violence. I, I just no, mean no, like, no. yeah, yeah, I like martial arts, um, grappling, jujitsu. I think this is why people love jujitsu so much, and women too. Like, like to, just to get on the ground with somebody and like get you know work it out. I think is so important in our in our world as as we're just mammals, right? We're just fancy mammals. <laughs> but we 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 act like these logical beings we're just spiritual beings living a human existence and sometimes those spirits those energies clash and you know physically i think being able to that's why sometimes sex can be so cathartic right because you can just like let it out but we only have that venue we're not allowed to have the others anymore and um, i think it's hurting us in a huge way yeah no i think i think you're right i think um uh, and I think this is why martial arts, are, one of the reasons that they're so powerful is that if you know you could hurt somebody if you needed to, it makes yeah. it so much less less likely that you're actually going to have to. And then, and just and knowing that, having that, like having access to that part of yourself, it's kind of like going back to the idea of shadow work, like knowing that you could be a monster if you had to, like like foraying into that that realm of like, yeah, actually being violent. It's um, I think it's good for people. It's not something to be yeah shamed or. Um, or taken away or like, yeah, it's, it's, that's a weird thing about our society. I think you're right. Um, I think people need to get in touch with that, that, um, that monster more often. Yeah, for sure. And people are just turning into such wusses about it. And then this passive aggressiveness come takes over and I see it in men too. When I see passive aggressiveness in men, I'm like, Oh no, this is not how you play this game. This is not a good way to handle this. Like, let's just be direct, handle it. Sometimes feelings are going to be hurt. So, you know, I, I, I remember talking to somebody a few years ago about something and she said, you're shaming me. I'm like, I'm not shaming you, woman. I'm just telling you what's up. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it could be one and the same though, right? If she's, you know, triggered that way. It's not yeah. necessarily you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just think people need a little bit more grit. And if you read that book, have you read that book by Angela Duckworth, Grit? Uh, you should... You should, she should read it. She, it's so interesting. She found through her studies for over a long period of time that it's not education. It's not finances. It's not, it's not anything that can actually predict success more than grit. Grit is the one factor, grittiness, people being, and you can actually hone your grit. You can become grittier. The okay. more you do the hard things, the grittier you get. And that's the one variable that will predict success above all others so it doesn't matter if you came from a rich family or if you have a fancy education or any of that your your predictor of success 100 percent is grit and i thought is that not the most wonderful thing ever because it's something you can actually hone just like you can hone your muscles and train and there's a i think there's a quiz online if you just look up grit quiz it'll tell you how gritty you are it'll tell you if you're a wuss or not <laughs> And I think that we must have a lot of grit if we want to overcome chronic health issues. That's right. Like your patients, oh, sure. your pa that's on my intake. It's like scale of one to 10, how much do you believe you're going to get better? And, you know, scale of one to 10, how committed are you to getting better? And if they're, if they give me eights or tens on there, I'm like, we're good. Especially if they tell me they're sleeping and their libido is good. I'm like, all right, we, we, this is going to be great. It'd be easy. Well, and you can tell too when, when people start telling their story or talking to you about what's going on with them, how um, how much they believe in their body's ability to heal. So, but yeah, the people who are who are on board and they're like, yeah, they, it's just this. When they see it more as like a um, 
like a speed bump or like a, I don't know, like a fence they can climb over. They just need like a, a, a step up versus somebody who's like, I'm fucked my, you know, I've, yeah. ever since I've been a kid, like life's been shitting on me. The whole, like that's, that's a whole different, whole different story. That's not as fun um, to pull people out of that. But um, no, that's not as fun, but it does yeah. come down to their, you're right. Their belief in their innate ability to heal. And I think that I guess that's what I was saying was like, I just always know I'm going to get through it. I might drop dead of a heart attack. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, it wouldn't be the worst way to go, I don't think. But I'm going to fight until I get there. And I, yeah, and I've seen people die. I've seen good, gritty fighters die of cancer. And the moment that they died was, or started to die, was when they decided to stop fighting it. They were just like, it's got me. I'm going. And that's okay, too. You know, I watched my dear friend go into hospice, much to the dismay of, everybody around and I was like you know what that's his choice like when you're that's his journey not mine I if you look at dogs when they get sick they go crawl under uh, they go lay under a bush in the backyard and curl up and they emote energy until they either come out or they die right and we don't allow humans to do that I think that's a good way to do life too yeah like go all in you're gonna heal you're gonna heal go for it yeah, that's, that's really awesome. And I, I know this might sound weird, but when my grandma was dying, she had um, lung cancer um, and it had metastasized to her brain, her liver, um, her spleen, uh, bones. And she, oh. it was, it was kind of rough, but um, it was really inspiring to see the strength that she had through that. It wasn't like she was, she was like, she was just so, so at peace with the whole thing. And and there's just a strength that radiated out from her, like even up, up until the moment that she died. And it was, it was really inspiring. It was really cool to see that. Um, and so I don't mean to sound morbid and just saying like it was, it was a good experience to see my grandmother die, but it, like it, it was, it was really cool. Um, no, it makes sense. There's a dignity to it, but yeah, and it's, it's, it's personal too, right? Our journey, our health journeys are, health is a journey, not a destination. And I've always said that to my patients for the last decade, like this is not a race. This is just a journey. And we don't know how it's going to end, but I sure am going to go down fighting <laughs> if I go down. And I don't mean fighting like fighting the inevitable, but just really doing everything I can to make sure that I don't poison myself quickly. Because I think a lot of us really are just like mentally and physically poisoning ourselves every day. Mm. And I don't, I, I, I smoked, can you believe it? I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day for 10 years. I was just telling another colleague that and he was like, what? It's That's terrible. Well, there's something about tobacco. And I think like in my experience, like I smoked for a while and um, like they're like, it boosts your acetylcholine, right? Like it, it creates fluidity in the nervous system. Maybe it's more temporary and the, the downsides are way, like you can do that with choline and, and other nootropics um, and it's more, more healthy, but like, there's something about smoking for sure. Like everyone that I know who I've treated with schizophrenia, there, there's only a couple of them, but they all smoke. Like they all self-medicate with, with tobacco. Yeah. So it could be a, a nice little pick me up for sure. I was a big fan. It was yeah. a great antidepressant. Coffee yeah. and cigarettes. Oh yeah, no, there's something about that combo. Or a beer and a smoke, you know, that that's another yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. It's just tempering it, right? And knowing when yeah. you're doing too much and then pulling it back. Mm-hmm. That's the key. <laughs> I will end my advice with that. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks for being on the show today. Um or the podcast, I guess. Um, where can people find you? Well, thank you for asking. This has been so much fun. Um, 
I have a couple different platforms, but I think most of my action where I'm having the most fun right now is Instagram. And you can find me there at Dr. Tina. It's D-R-T-Y-N-A. I also have a podcast. I'd love to have you come on. It's called Pain-Free and Strong. It's, you can find that at painfreestrongradio.com. That's where most of my energies are going right now. And uh, I have a book, which actually ties right into this. It's like the six pillars that you must you must have in place for anything to work. So it's not, it's called pain free and strong, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have pain to read it. It's really, do you want your hormones optimized? Do you want your health optimized? And it's free and it's over at drtina.com. So everybody can find me in those places. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds juicy. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, well, thanks. So we'll, we'll put those links in the show notes and then, um, yeah, some people have, they don't have to write things down or whatever. They can find it there. Um, cool. Anything else you want to, close out with no just uh go everybody should go take the grit quiz see yeah. how see how gritty they are and then hone their grit with some of the things that we talked about here and then take it again in six months and see if they've improved because it's really very motivating yeah no i like that you everything that you brought up is is like it doesn't require any, any kind of help any kind of special tool it's just yeah just ground level foundational stuff this, this is awesome thank you yeah, thanks so much for having me on. This has been a pleasure. That concludes our show for today. If you liked what you heard, please check out trueresilienceims.com. That's true resilience. I for integrative, M for medical, S for solutions, for more content and information about the practice. You can also download my free book, Neurological Strength, by heading to that URL. Also, please share this with somebody that you think could benefit from this discussion. This is Dr. E, and until next time, stay strong, people.